Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined today by Pastor Neil Radical. Uh, this morning we'll begin with a brief devotional thought based on Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. This is taken from our Read the Bible in 2022, which we're winding down on. There's only about two or three weeks left here in 2022. Uh, and so we're in the last book of the New Testament now, uh, chapter 4, verse, verse 1. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. So before maybe we get into that too much, the verse itself, you want to talk about kind of the context where we're at in Revelation chapter 4? Yeah, for sure. So right before this, chapter 2 and 3 are the letters to the churches. You have chapter 1 be the big introduction of Jesus revealing himself to John on the Isle of Patmos when John's older, right in the early 90s of A.D. here. So basically, you hear the Lord's condemnation of the seven churches, which I believe were real churches. You get the church of Ephesus and all the different uh, churches that are listed there, obviously. And then you have this application to the Holy Christian Church of all churches to not become lukewarm or to not appear dead in their faith or worse. And so ultimately, I think it's a neat transition from these letters into now this throne room of heaven, which is why I think verse 1 is just a good one to read, because ultimately you have us having no business before being before the Lord's throne room. And I really do like it because it reminds me of Old Testament times where you had that temple curtain and like no one has any business going before the Holy of Holies. And ultimately, because of Christ, that temple curtain has been torn. And so what I really like is that the verse that you just read reminds me of Jesus coming to remove that barrier between us and God because of our sinfulness and because of his forgiveness and righteousness and his blood that's cleansed us and the altar of God. Now we can peer into the throne room of God because of what Jesus has done. And ultimately, I do really like that invitation to come. You know, Advent's all about the idea of come. And just like Jesus is asking John to come and see these things and understand these things, really, I think that's what we're doing at Christmas, come and understand how these things that have been written about by our God have taken place. And just it's just a fascinating verse that really ties so much together, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, it's really rich with that Old Testament imagery, as you talked about. If you, go, if you read through uh, Exodus, that's where they build the tabernacle in the Old Testament. And then you get to the very end of Exodus and you see... Uh, you see Moses like going up to the up to the tabernacle, and then it says, and he couldn't get into the tabernacle, and that's the end of Exodus, <laughs> right? And so that's why we have the book of Leviticus, and Leviticus is all about the Levitical laws or the ceremonial laws about how worship was to take place in the temple, and now there are certain ways that you were allowed to then go into the tabernacle to worship God, and those then applied to the the temple of Solomon later on as well. So, um, you know, when you're talking about here this vision of John. So here we see in chapter one, as you said, Jesus appears to John, not the Jesus of the Gospels, you know, in his uh, humility, but Jesus uh, in his full glory. And it was so glorious, John says that 
he, he was like a dead man, which means he fainted. <laughs> he just like passed out uh, because of the glory and splendor of Jesus. And then he gets back up again. Uh, at, and here's these seven letters to the seven churches. And now, bang, he speaks to John and says, hey, come up here and take a look at, at heaven, really, which is, uh, if you think of the tabernacle as the dwelling place where God dwelt among man here on earth, well, heaven is the, the heavenly dwelling place of God. And here that, that invitation, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. And that's a good introduction then to, as you say, the rest of Revelation. Um, do you want to talk about where the rest of Revelation goes from here then? Sure, yeah. So really there's, well, we always look at Revelation as a theme of Christ is winning, but it really, I like the summary of God is the same yesterday. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that whole idea of his power and glory and dominion over the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh is relevant throughout all this. And it goes into why the lamb is worthy to be worshipped because he was slain. And then ultimately the visions that he's given to John of what is to come yet. Um, talks about the tribulations and all those different problems. But the great tribulation, which I believe we're still living in since Christ ascended into heaven, He's going to come in like matter. So really this Advent season we can focus on the fact that he has come, suffered, died, rose again, um, and also that he's promising, like he showed to John here, that I am going to come again and do exactly what I promised just like I did the first time. Awesome. So even though you know a lot of people spend a ton of time in Revelation, you know, trying to dissect every word and um, overanalyzing a lot of times or reading into things that they probably shouldn't read into, um, any guidance for our listeners if they're going to read through Revelation as we go through the rest of the month here? Um, any words of advice to them? I would read like your Old Testament believer reading through Daniel's visions is that they're visions and that you want well, to be careful taking them all literally, but what we can take literally is God keeps his promises and when he says he's going to do something, he's going to take care of it. Awesome. Should we pray? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to us again through your word. Bless us this Christmas time as we come to you to remember that you took on our flesh to come to do for us what we could not do. Thank you also for promising to come again to take us from this world, this veil of tears and sorrows, to be with you face to face forever and all believers in eternity. Lord, come quickly, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Couple of announcements and uh, reminders for you. Our online midweek Bible class is again on break um, into the month of January. Uh, we'll let you know when that'll pick back up again, but uh, that'll be at least uh, be January by then. Uh, our midweek Advent uh, services conclude today. It's our final um, installment of our Keeping Watch theme, uh, which will then tie into the Christmas Eve service that children have been preparing. Um, but tonight uh, and this afternoon, we'll be looking at the theme Keeping Watch for the Christ. So we've looked at keeping watch for the forerunner, keeping watch for the star, and now we'll go to Malachi chapter 4, which is the last book, the last chapter of the New Test of the Old Testament, excuse me, and we'll consider the theme keeping watch for the Christ, which is what those new those uh, Old Testament believers were doing and then of course in the 1st century they were looking for the Christ as well. Um, so we have that those repeat services 2 o'clock and 6 o'clock today. Uh, the children's Christmas Eve practice uh, is continuing. Uh, there's a couple special ones that we need to highlight for anybody uh, who may be having their children participate. Um, this includes the preschoolers. Uh, so this coming Sunday, that's December 18th during the Sunday school hour, uh, we'll be having Christmas Eve practice. So all the kids, pre-K, preschool through eighth grade should be there this Sunday at nine o'clock um, on, the, on the dot so they can get that whole practice in. And then uh, uh, we'll have church at 10 o'clock. So please make sure 
your children are there this Sunday. And then also next Friday, December 23rd, the day before Christmas Eve, we'll have a run through at the beginning of our school day from 825 to 950. Again, preschoolers can come to that uh, right at the beginning and they'll do their part right away. And they shouldn't, they shouldn't have to stay the whole time, but they'll be able to stay there for a little bit. And then that Christmas Eve program will be that Saturday evening on Christmas Eve at 6 p.m. And then we'll have our Christmas Day service during our regular Sunday hour, Sunday church service hour at 10 a.m. Uh, just a reminder, there's no Bible class or Sunday school, uh, Christmas or New Year's weekend. Um, so uh, there will be nothing after church Christmas Eve or before church Sunday morning. Um, and But we invite you to join us for both those services and then for our New Year's uh, services that next weekend as well. Uh, on our prayer list, uh, again today, we have our three cancer patients we're keeping in our prayers, Tom Jensen, Carrie Dale, and John Hine. Uh, we're praying for all three of them. Pray the Lord would uh, strengthen them during this time. And we also pray on behalf of Cordy Keeney and Hope Redland, both of whom have been hospitalized, and it looks as though uh, are going to need to spend some time at least in a, a rehab facility before they return home. So we keep uh, these sisters in Christ in our prayers as well. Which brings us to our psalm, or our, excuse me, our proverb of the day today. We've been working our way chapter by chapter through the wisdom of Solomon's proverbs, and we're on chapter nineteen today. Pastor Radical picked out a couple verses for us to take a look at here. Identical verses from verses five and nine, except for the last part. Verse five of Proverbs nineteen says, "A false witness will not go unpunished; he who speaks lies will not escape." And then verse nine. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies shall perish. So there's a lot of other things you could talk about in this particular proverb, but I thought during this season of Christmas, when families generally try to get together in some form, that it's very easy to get after one another for this or that for the past year or past life, whatever it's been. And sometimes the worst comes out in us when it shouldn't be a time of war but more of peace and so gossiping about other people in the family gossiping about friends or neighbors um, sharing things that are hurtful saying things that are hurtful I think all is kind of wrapped up in the eighth commandment with that false witness idea and that untruthfulness so really when you think about the truthfulness of what Christ brings to us we want to share that truth with one another and some people might say well I'm being truthful if I'm angry or upset or holding a grudge or bitter towards someone well that might be true but it doesn't mean it's a good idea so I, I think this is a, a powerful couple of verses here. I th find it fascinating that he repeats it basically the same way. Uh, maybe I can ask you a quick question here, Pastor Nauman. Interesting double negative there. A false witness will not go unpunished. Unpunished is kind of a negative idea. So can you help me make sense of that a yeah, little bit? Yeah, if you drop both the, the negatives, like you say, so a false witness will be punished. <laughs> uh, just drop the negatives that way. Uh, and I think... Uh, you know, we we recently went through the eighth commandment in confirmation class down in the seventh and eighth grade room, and uh, that idea of a false witness. Sometimes we can get a misunderstanding with that as a false witness is only when you speak falsely. Um, you want to maybe talk a little bit about what a false witness because you shall not bear false witness as the eighth commandment. Does that mean that? Well, it's only if I'm speaking falsely am I bearing false witness. I think it's a little bit broader than that. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a courtroom <clears throat> sense, you're not supposed to be someone that speaks. If you saw, if you witness a crime or you witness something, you have to speak truthfully over what you saw. So that would be the easiest way of understanding it. But you maybe think of a falsely as, and you could tell the truth and be like a tale bearer. And you know, sp you know, as pastors, we're supposed to have some confidentiality. We just go around. We don't go around telling everybody what everybody's doing all the time. Mm -hmm. That's not uh, appropriate, whether you're a pastor or not. 
Is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if, if, if uh, well, I don't know, if you know that your relative was doing this and you're saying, and, and you know that it's true, if I said, well, my did you see what my cousin was doing over at the bar the other night? Is that still a fault? Would that still fall under the category of false witness, even if it is, even if I know it's true? Yeah, yeah, because you're, yeah, because so you're, you you're, so you're hurting their reputation. Right, right, so you can speak the truth yeah. and still be a false witness. Correct. Right? And I think that, that's important to remember. And so sometimes we define false witness as any, any speech that is coming from an unloving heart, which then boils it down to, well, what is the, what is the uh, attitude that you have as you're speaking and saying whatever it is that you're saying? And that's where it should come from a loving heart, you know, because, you know, if you're, if you're saying, hey, and you, the funny thing is you can say the same thing, and one example of it could be a false witness and another example could not be a false witness. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Did you hear about my cousin who was out at the bar the other night? I think you and I really need to sit down and have a conversation with him. That's coming from a loving heart, right? And that's the, saying exactly the same thing as I said a moment ago. Did you hear about so and so and what he was doing at the bu- doing at the bar the other night? Man, what a scoundrel! Right. You know, that's that's just gossip and rumor mongering and, and spreading false witness. Whereas the second example, we really need to sit down and talk with my cousin. You know, and I don't have a that I know of. I don't have a cousin with a drinking problem. This is just a <laughs> theoretical example, but but you you understand what I'm saying is uh, that. It's what's, what's coming from your heart. It's what is the attitude of your heart. And what that really then comes down to is the need for self-examination because I can't look in your heart, you can't look in my heart. And we can say, well, I'm pretty sure that came from an unloving heart. Or I'm pretty sure it didn't come from an unloving heart. But, but really, when you're examining your attitude and your speech towards other people, it's all about self-examination and where is this coming from? And when I'm speaking about this situation or that situation, am I doing so because I like to spread gossip because I want to talk evil about others or is it because I'm trying to help them or because I want what's best for them and that needs to come from that second spot and that's where that that real need for self-examination comes in. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. We, could, we, could, we could probably go on this for quite a while but so what if I were to say to you Christmas time is not a time to bring up things like that. You mentioned hypothetically let's go talk to your cousin uh, this Christmas because He's been getting drunk in the bar, whatever it might be, a lot this year. Um, and I say to you, Christmas isn't a good time to do that. It's about family. It's about getting together. We don't want anything negative to be discussed. What would you say to someone who said something like that to you? Well, I think there's there there are appropriate times to talk about these things. So if you're if the point is, hey, let's not bring this up in front of the two-year-old or the five-year-old well yeah then yeah the entire family maybe. or the entire family we don't need to air dirty laundry from everybody but that what it shouldn't be what we shouldn't do is use well it's christmas so let's just let's just sweep it under the rug or hide it in the closet and pretend like it's not actually happening that you know you can have a conversation with somebody and find an appropriate time to do so and it doesn't need to be you know in front of everybody while you're singing christmas carols you know on christmas right. eve um, but that doesn't mean you should ignore the problem either, I guess. Right, and if you delay too long, you know, maybe you don't do anything for Christmas, and then he goes home from the bar New Year's Eve and gets in a car accident. Now right. you can't say anything to him, you know. So um, it's tough to pick your battles, obviously, prayerfully, and like you said, with the right attitude. Moving into the second half of the, both of these verses, you know, the, the only difference here is that the first verse says, he who speaks lies, and that really kind of helps give a, shed a light on that first part that we just talked about, will not escape. And then that difference between he who speaks lies shall perish. You know, that sounds like, well, death right there. So I'll take my understanding of it. You can comment on my thoughts here if you'd like. 
will not escape is that what we are told growing up from our parents or grandparents, whoever it might be, that if we try to tell lies, ultimately we're going to try to keep covering up those lies. King David's a great example of that, trying to cover up more and more lies of sin or whatever it might be. And ultimately, you're not going to escape. Your lies are eventually going to catch up with you one way or another, which is the, what I think the whole idea is the first part is. You, the truth will come out eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ultimately, the second part is, I think the, ultimately <clears throat> the condemnation. He who speaks lies, he who is a person who is a, a liar, and that I'm looking at that as an unrepentant lifestyle. Yeah, I lie and I don't care. That's what I do. I'm going to get my way and get my what I want. The idea of perishing, you can view it as, yeah, death. It's part of the reason that we are going to die is because we lie and we break these commandments. So my understanding of what Solomon's trying to say here is you're not going to get out of lies. It's going to come around to bite you. And ultimately, we, we, we die because of our sin as well in that sense. But... Um, you could probably understand verse 9 a little bit differently too, but curious on your thoughts on that too. Yeah, I think it's, he who speaks lies shall not escape. You know, as human beings, we like to think we can get away with stuff. You know, I, I can do this or I can do that. Or, you know, I can let this slide or I can, you know, I have this problem or, and I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to hide under the closet, I'm going to hide under the rug or put it in the closet. Nobody knows about it. Or we, you know, we think we can, we think we can get away with things. And we do that even in small ways, you know, like when we over exaggerate or when we hi- tell half truths or, you know, when we hide behind, you know, where were you? Where were you last night? Oh, I went to the, you know, I went to the store. And then, yeah, you went to the store, but then you went, you know, somewhere else you probably shouldn't have been too. You know, we 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 think we can get away with those things, but I think what what God's telling us here is you're not going to get away with anything. You know, those those things when you lie, when you deceive, when you manipulate, those things they weigh on you, they catch up to you, they multiply, they snowball, just like you said, and they they will explode in your face eventually. And even if you don't come to even if you don't uh, have a, a massive explosion event with whatever lie or deception it might be in this life, in the end, every hidden thing is going to be brought to light. First uh, Corinthians four that everything will be revealed by God in the last day, and every wrongdoing will have its will have its uh, uh, day in the sunshine when God brings everything to light on Judgment Day. And so, if you think you can get away with anything, no, you can't escape. And everything that you know, again, those 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 and literally here it's he who breathes lies like he use you know it's a constant part of his daily life where he's breathing will perish you know and if that's if you're unrepentantly lying and if you're saying you know i'm just making this a part of my life uh then you will perish and that's why it's so important to speak the truth you know the truth is so powerful and if we can if i mean the truth is god's the ultimate truth is god's word and so you know, I, I would challenge you to try in your life to only speak the truth, to deliberately and intentionally say, I'm only going to say true things. And, you know, if you have to say something, well, that's my understanding or whatever, that, that's fine. But only speak the truth. Don't deceive. Don't manipulate. Don't half truth. Don't speak the truth. And, and do so in a loving way, as the scripture tells us, speak the truth in love. And because the truth is powerful and the truth can, the truth of God's word can bring us damned soul to heaven. And uh, the truth can can sure benefit and bless our lives uh, as we live and abide in it here on earth too. You just remind me of, what does Jesus say? He who abides my word or my disciples indeed, you'll know the truth. The mm-hmm. truth will set you free. So yeah, I think not escape God's judgment and perish because of those, but obviously like you pointed out, the good news there is that Christ does show us that love and forgiveness. And he was, he, he, he is truth. Yeah. Lord, sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Well, think about how many people 
start lying and then their lives become constricted or shackled or constrained because they're trapped in a lie you know uh, you say this thing well then that means you can't do that thing and that means that you have to do you have to put on this face in front of that person or you have to act this way in front of that person and it just you get caught up in the webs of manipulation um, so easily and your life can come crashing down so hard when you live a life of a lie um, whereas living the light a life of truth is so freeing you know uh, it's so freeing to say I, you know I am who I am I you know I, I know that I'm a sinner I know that Jesus has saved me and I can walk about confidently in this world without you know the thought that I have to put on this face for that person or this face for that person because looking over your shoulder yeah yeah, yeah because you know the truth allow the truth sets you free just like Jesus said yeah, yeah. excellent well this brings us to our our hymn of the day oh come all ye faithful is a wonderful Christmas tune it's a uh, 708 out of the worship supplement here I just I read a couple verses here O come all ye faithful joyful and triumphant O come ye O come ye to Bethlehem come and behold him born the king of angels O come let us adore him O come let us adore him O come let us adore him Christ the Lord sing choirs of angels sing in exaltation sing all ye citizens of heaven above Glory to God in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.